Welcome to Mount Mama's Misadventures, stories of mishap and adventure from women adventurers. Every woman has a story she can share, from the zany to the inspirational. Brought to you by Mountain Mamas, a nonprofit women's adventure organization. Women empowering women to adventure. My name is Emily Hacken, and I am your host today. And we are delighted to have Cambry Jesse with us. Um, she is a wonderful gal I've known in our neighborhood for years and years since yeah. she were like a teenager. And now she's all 20-something and big in the world and, and has <laughs> gone and had her own adventures. So I'm so excited to have her join us today. She um, went on a trip to the Dominican Republic um, a few years ago. And so she's going to share some of their experiences from that. So before we get into that, um, she is originally born in San Jose, California. Oh, and I should let you guys know that her mother is, is Lori and was featured on a podcast episode just a few ago. So, yep. <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, they are both fantastic mother-daughter team. Uh, <laughs> so she was born in San Jose, currently lives up in Salt Lake, and is living the single life and loving it. She is working at the Huntsman Cancer Institute up in Salt Lake as an MA, medical assistant, and an EMT. Mm-hmm. Is that just an EMT in the ER there or? So my certification is an EMT, but as with your EMT certification, you can work as an MA. So that's what I'm doing. Mm. So I have my EMT training. I don't have my MA license necessarily, but I'm working as an MA. Ah, and what does an MA do in the hospital? So I just get vitals. I room patients. I help in the infusion clinic. So they get their chemo. Sometimes they get blood and other infusions they might need. It just depends on or where in the hospital you're working, what unit you're working on. Mm-hmm. So some units, they might do a lot more like getting EKGs and getting other statistics, assessments, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Whereas for me, I'm just getting vitals because they're just getting their chemo and then leaving. So ah, gotcha. Do you like that floor? Or? I do. It's a great place to work while in school and stuff. It's definitely not something I would want as my career. I would get really bored, but it's perfect for where I'm at right now. I know. I feel like when you're in school, you just need a job that you like can do and do it easy and I'm not too stressed because you're going up to, are you at the U of U, right? Yes. The University of Utah as a full-time student as well, working to become a PA, physician's assistant. Yes. Um, kind of currently sort of have a focus in emergency medicine, but we'll kind of go from there. Is that yeah. kind of where your thoughts? Yeah. So <laughs> my major is health and kinesiology mm-hmm. with an emphasis in emergency medical services. And in that emphasis, there are four different tracks. It's like community health and emergency management. And then one of them is community response and fire. Another one is wilderness response. So I'm doing the community response track. And as part of that, I'll get my paramedic. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. And then I'm also a double minor in psychology and sociology. And I'm pre-PA. So it's... <laughs> A mouthful. It's a lot. You're like, I like all the things. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well-rounded. The body, the mind. It's all interesting. Exactly. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. So what is your dream job when you think about yourself in five years? So in five years, my dream job is I'll probably be in PA school in five years. Oh, yeah. We probably, okay, 10 years. That's right. (laughs) 10 years would be working as a PA. I think emergency would be really cool. But, again, it just take experience, you know, the clinicals, the... Right. All of the placements and stuff. But my dream, dream career is to do humanitarian work with the knowledge I have and to take just as much goodness as I can to anywhere I can. Oh, that's awesome. When I was in nursing school, we went to Peru and did some community assessments down in the jungles in Amazon, Uh which is like a whole other thing. But yeah, like, um, yeah, that's what I wanted to do. I was like, I want to find a community 
and go and visit them every year and just learn from them and then give what I can to, you know, have it be a nice collaboration. And yeah, yeah, I hear you. Oh, so cool. Oh, there is a really cool book called Where There Is No Doctors. Okay. And it's a textbook on what to do in medicine when there is nobody around for like thousands of or hundreds of miles, probably. It's a really cool book. It's like how to like help someone in labor, you know, you know, it's probably stuff that's old hat for you because you've got emergency <laughs> medicine skills, but it's meant like just for like the regular person. And anyway, it was a cool book, but yeah, I'm like, I hear ya. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be the dream. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's so cool. Is that kind of what brought you into the Dominican Republic too? Is kind of on that, yep. on that track? The cool. humanitarian. Okay. Well, we'll get into that in a second. I still wanted to hear your fun fact about you. You had mentioned you were a child model. Yep. <laughs> I think this is hilarious. <laughs> so me and my sister did modeling as kids, like from when we were babies up until we even did a little bit when we got here to Utah. I was eight. Mm -hmm. Um, So when I was a baby, my mom just told me this. I modeled as a boy when I was a baby because my hair stuck straight up. <laughs> Straight up. You're like, you can never tell they're boys or girls. It's so true. Exactly. So they like tied a blue cape around my neck and I was wearing a diaper and then the girl baby had another diaper and they together they spelled 2001. Uh -huh. So like my butt said like 20 and then hers said <laughs> 01 or something. And my mom would be like, oh, so big and like make gestures at me and I would just like grin and I was like, so big, like just owning it. <laughs> Just awesome. They put like sparkles in my hair and mm -hmm. like it was great. I didn't get published with that one, but a few years later I did win like a cutest kid contest and we got the picture framed. It's hanging in my room right now. Like, <laughs> of course. Oh, obviously. <laughs> so yeah, and I did get published also later on in a parents magazine and a Macy's newspaper when I was a little bit older. But, oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have all these clippings? I sure hope. I have the parents magazine and the Macy's newspaper and then the one that's hanging in my room. I do have those. I yeah. have never seen these. I totally didn't see them. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so cool. You'll see them. <laughs> like, and my girl who's eight years old now, we joined, I don't know, it's funny you have like, your, you think your kids are the most beautiful kids in the world, right? Yeah. And so, yeah, she was my first and I just thought she was gorgeous and we entered her into the Lehigh baby contest, uh -huh. which I feel is like the worst. I Not not that it's baby, it's just baby contest because you're like, this is my love. And then if they don't love your child, they don't, you don't get a prize. You're like devastated. Yeah. So she got third place, which Aww. I was so glad. I mean, we were glad. Of course, she could have deserved first. But but anyway, I was just like, there's this too much. I, I couldn't do it anymore because I'm like, this is too much stress. Yeah. Like, I just, ah. <laughs> We got to walk in the parade. That was really fun. Oh, that's so fun. <laughs> anyway, I'm like. You have beautiful kids. Uh, <laughs> oh, thanks. It's because my husband's gorgeous. He's got, he's got the Hawaiian Chinese goodness. So, yeah. <laughs> well, that's so cool. Um, so, um, tell us what brought you to the Dominican Republic. Where did that come from? And yeah, so my junior year of high school, I was like, I'm gonna do humanitarian trip. You know, why not? So I like mm -hmm. asked my mom. I was like, Mom, can I do a humanitarian trip? She's like, If you want to pay for it, sure, go for it. And I was like, mm, Oh, okay. <laughs> This is, like, when I was starting to gain, like, actual freedom and agency and realizing I can do whatever I want. So I was like, oh, I can do this. So I, like, did a ton of research, and I found this program, International Language Program, uh, which is ILP for short. So that's mm -hmm. how I'll refer to them. They're based here in Utah. I knew I didn't want to do HEFY, which is still a great program, but 
The cool thing with ILP is it was about... And H-E-F-Y is humanitarian, especially for youth. Yeah. It's kind of like yeah. the, for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, their youth program for humanitarian work. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So it was about the same price, but for much longer. Because H-E-F-Y uh. is like three weeks, whereas this was like four months. And Whoa, that's a commitment. That's right. You work on a bit. Yeah. Yeah, and ATFY, you buy, I think you buy your own flight to wherever you fly out of. Mm -hmm. I'm not exactly sure. I didn't look that far into it. But with ILP, the pricing covers, like, your food when you're there, your mandatory transportation when you're there. It covers your flights, your visa, like, all of that. So all we had to pay for was the couple thousand that it cost to go and then whatever souvenirs, vacations we went on when we were there. Mm -hmm. Um. So, yeah, I was looking, and originally I was going to go to Haiti, but I had a friend who was born in Haiti, and she, I was talking to her about it, and she was like, I wouldn't go to Haiti right now. Like, it's just not the safest place. And mm -hmm. we were safe. Like, they took very good care of us as volunteers. And like I said, it was based in Utah. So they had firsthand, like, connection to the missionaries, too. Mm -hmm. So if missionaries were moved out for an emergency, we were right after. As these Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints missionaries or just any yes. Christian yes. missionaries? Sorry. Okay, yeah. those ones. Church of okay. Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saint missionaries. <clears throat> so it wasn't like a church-based program, but they had a lot of the same standards mm -hmm. and same connections. Um. So anyways, it was still safe, but she was like, I would look again and see if there's something else. And the Dominican Republic, same island. Yeah. Much more. Just the other side developed which is hard to say because it's also an underdeveloped country but um it just it was perfect and so everything worked out I was able to fundraise and raise money and save and I went the fall after my senior year from August to December oh nice that yep. worked out yeah it's really it's really well mm -hmm. <laughs> yep so I went there and then came home and left on my mission so mm -hmm. his timing was perfect oh that's so cool <laughs> yeah I feel like it's so important when you just, when you're done with high school to really get out. I had this theory that when you're in your 20s, it's about figuring out your place. Like once you're, when you're a teenager, it's kind of figuring out who you are. And then when you become in your 20s, it's who you are in the world. And I think it's so good to just get out of your world, whatever it is, like your neighborhood, your city, your country, whatever you can afford, and really just like break some barriers and figure things out, like you're saying. So, oh, totally. That's so cool. <laughs> I'm yeah. such a fan. So you have a whole slew of stories about your experience in Dominican. So many. <laughs> so which one do you want to start with? Okay, we'll start with our trip to Harapacoa. Mm -hmm. And my Spanish is not great, so I will not be pronouncing any of the Spanish places very well. But <laughs> this was our very last vacation. It was at the end of November. It was like the last weekend of November. So you did some work and then you would take a vacation break? Or how did that work? Yeah, so we taught English when we were there. And we had the same days off as the students. So we had like a three-day vacation, which was like, I think it was one or two days and then the weekend. Mm -hmm. um, we had one of those in September, I think. And then we had a nine-day vacation in October and then another three or four-day one in November. Okay, so you had three vacations that you could go do other things. Mm -hmm. Okay, And we... And before you get into that, I want you to tell us what it was like teaching English. Like, yeah. just explain how that worked. <laughs> So, obviously, like I just said, I didn't speak Spanish. I still don't. And you learn a lot when you're there. You're living in a Spanish country. But the program we do, we're not allowed to speak Spanish to the students. And so it was really hard. It was really difficult to teach these really young kids. I taught kindergartners and second graders. So we're talking, like, really young. They're still learning their own language, their first mm -hmm. language. 
So it took a lot of discipline. And in an underdeveloped country like that, they, are, they don't really have discipline at home either. So it's very chaotic, very loud, very noisy. It's humid, it, you're sweaty, you're hot. Like it can be very difficult to stay focused and stay uh, dedicated to what you're doing. But about halfway through, I kind of just like took a step back and remembered why I was there and what I was trying to accomplish. And once I remembered that and realized I was there to love the people and I truly did love them so much, it just, you know, annoyance kind of comes out. You know how it is with kids. Like, (laughs) it's easy to get irritated. But once I kind of thought about that, I just focused on loving my students before trying to teach them. And it was it was a game changer. It changed everything. They all of a sudden showed so much respect for me and they listened and they were so excited and I was so excited and it made leaving that much harder. Like Mm. it was already so hard, but I still think about them every single day Mm. and they were my sweet little angels. They were my kids. Like I loved them. So it was, it was hard, but it was so incredible. Do you keep in contact with any of them or is there any way to do that or? Not really, just because it's so underdeveloped. Like their parents might have a phone that you can WhatsApp, but there are a couple of the adults in the neighborhood that we became friends with that like have social media. There are some of them I have on Facebook still and they'll Mm -hmm. message me every now and then. And I actually have a friend there right now. And I'm like, oh, is this person (laughs) still there? Is this person still there? Unfortunately, none of them are still there. So Mm. I don't know what happened to them. But Do you think they are just a transient lifestyle? They just move around a lot? or Maybe. One of them was our taxi driver. We, his name was Poppy. Mm-hmm. And he'd, we'd always be like, hola, Poppy. And he'd say, ole, ole, ole. <laughs> it was so fun. Um, and he is not their taxi driver anymore. So I don't know if he passed away. I don't know if he moved. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no way to really tell. But, mm-hmm. yeah. I know. Sometimes I feel like you want things to go forever but sometimes it is just like that was that time and i'm just going to cherish that time for what it was you know yeah. and just yeah and just and accept that and move on yeah exactly yeah <laughs> but that yeah and just cherish it all right so you yeah what were some of the fun stories you wanted to share yes okay so harabakoa is our last vacation is the end of november and we took a bus to this was the like the mountain area of the dominican republic mm-hmm. and so it was just me and my three friends and we were staying in this hostel. It was such a nice hostel. It was like a modernized cabin. Ooh. And it was really cool. And there were some other like Europeans there that we would like have game nights with. And it was really cool. And through this hostel, we could book our excursions. So on this trip, we went like whitewater rafting. We went paragliding. We went horseback riding to a waterfall. We went hiking. We did, like, all sorts of stuff in these, like, three days. Oh, my gosh. Is it the only hostel in that city? Like, if someone wanted to go there, is that a thing? Or? No, there are more hostels. Do you remember I, the name of this one? Or? I don't. I'd have to go back and look at, like, my hostel past trips, you mm-hmm. know, because I don't know if you can search it and find it, but it was, I think it was still on the hostel app when I went back to my previous trips. Mm-hmm. So I'll have to look. So one of the times we had just gotten there. I mean, we weren't there for very long, but our tour guides, they were like, oh, do you want to go on this hike? We know this hike. And we're like, sure, why not? So we went with them on this hike and we had already been horseback riding with them and they'd taken us paragliding. I think this is the same day we went paragliding. So then later that day we went on this hike and it was like in this lady's backyard and she had these trees that had fruit on them. I have no idea what that fruit was, but it was the best fruit I've ever had in my life. <laughs> 
could not tell you what it was, but I've never had anything like it. Oh and it was gosh. so amazing. So we, we start on this trail. It's literally just in this lady's backyard, which is how like most of hikes are there too, mm-hmm. which is so fun. And we're hiking and we're hiking and then we get to this waterfall and there are like rocks on the side of it. And they're like, oh, you can like go to the top of the waterfall and jump off or you can like climb up these rocks and jump off. And like pretty much we were just cliff jumping for a little bit. It was just mm-hmm. me, my three friends and our two tour guides. Like uh-huh. super fun. So we're, we're climbing up the rocks, jumping off. They were kind of standing on the rocks to help us make sure we were okay. And there was once, my friend had my camera and we're like taking pictures and everything. So she got all of this on camera as I have like photos and videos. <laughs> and I'm climbing up the rocks and I slipped. And they caught me by the wrist, like midair. If they didn't catch me, I would have died. Like I would have hit my head on the rocks falling Because you were still in the rock portion, not next to the water. No. <laughs> I was still in the and rock I, portion. How high, high up were you, do you think? Um, I would say like, I mean, I wasn't that high up from the rocks. If my head had hit one of them, it would have for sure like just not been good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> would have been pretty <laughs> gruesome. But the cliff was probably about 10 feet above the water, mm-hmm. I would say. So I was probably around like eight feet above the water, mm-hmm. five feet above the other rocks below me. Mm-hmm. But they caught you like in midair. But they caught me like by the <laughs> wrist as I was slipping. And I'm just like hanging there dangling. And it was so scary. Like they pulled me up and then I jumped off. But it's so funny to look at now. But like, and we laughed about it also in the moment, like, oh my gosh. But it's so scary to think like, we're just jumping off this cliff and then I slipped. Like if they were not there and didn't catch me, I would have died. Like that <laughs> would have been it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was so scary, like, but <laughs> yeah. There were so many times in the Dominican Republic that I'm like, I should have died there. I should have died there. I could have died there. Could have been kidnapped. That could have been bad. <laughs> Probably scaring everyone. They're like, I'm never going to that country. All the things you'll never like tell your parents. <laughs> I, like, call my mom right after. Oh, you I was did? like, Lori, <laughs> guess what? I almost just died. Send them the pictures. She's a death again. Your mom's such a free spirit. So oh, yeah. Like... She loved it. So then that that same day, that night, we, our tour guides, are like, oh, do you want to go to a disco tonight? And to us, that's, like, a club. Like, that's the kind of club they go to. And we're like, oh, yeah, sure. Let's mm-hmm. go clubbing. So they're like, hey, we'll pick you up later. So they picked us up. And we're, like, in the car, we're driving, and it's dark now. And we're, like, driving up this mountain, and it, we just keep going and going and going, and we're all just kind of, like, looking at each other. And there's this, like, woman in the front seat, in the passenger seat, no idea who she is. And we're like, okay, <laughs> this lady with us and these people, we, we literally don't know these people, but uh-huh. we're like, all right, sure. And so probably not very smart, these green guys, like, 18 years old. But we're, like, going up, and then we stop at this restaurant, and we're, like, this is weird, but okay. And they're, like, talking to these people at this restaurant, and then finally, like, probably 20, 30 minutes later, they're, like, hey, let's keep going to the disco. And we're, like, where is this club? We're <laughs> like halfway up a mountain uh-huh. in the Dominican Republic. Where are we going? And there's, like, nothing around us but trees, and it's pitch black. We're, like, what? We're going to so get murdered keep... in the jungle, right? Literally. So we're, like... He could literally be leading us to our death. We'd mm-hmm. have no idea. So we're, we just keep going and going and going up this mountain. We're probably driving up the mountain for like an hour. And then we finally stop. There are like a couple of houses, like not many at all, and a little comida. And we're like... What's a comida? Okay. It's like a little shop 
like a little food store, but it's not a grocery store. It's just like a little kind of like a gas, gas station, station. Yeah. But without the gas. Mm-hmm. So we, we go to the comida. He's like, hey, we're here. And we're like, okay. So we walk in the comida. It's a big family birthday party. <laughs> <laughs> we walk in. We're like, hi. <laughs> and everyone's just looking at us. There's these four green guests like, walking to this birthday party on top of a mountain. We're like, all right. <laughs> we came for the food. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we just like sit in this corner and everyone's like dancing the merengue and mm-hmm. like these guys keep coming up to one of our friends. One of them comes and asks her to dance and they like dance for a little bit and then she sits down and then this other guy comes up and asks her to dance and then they start like battling each other asking her to dance <laughs> and then she comes over to us. She's like, one of them asked me to go out back. He's like, He says he has a surprise for me. She's like, should I go? Just joking. She's not going to go. We're like... Yeah, great idea, Maddie. Go out back with the stranger guy that keeps asking you to dance. Brilliant idea. She didn't go, but she's like, I think he wants to kiss me. But she didn't go. It was just uh, I mean, he's probably so dead, funny. But you never know. You never know. We're like, meh. On the off chance he doesn't just want to kiss you, maybe don't go. Murder, kiss. Yeah, just go on that. <laughs> yeah, just, just hard pass on that. Maybe just say it. <laughs> so we're just sitting up here. We're eating these fried plantain chips they gave us just laughing so hard because we're sitting at this birthday party and we thought we were going to a club <laughs> there were like kids dancing around us <laughs> so after a while of being there we left again and by now our driver is like pretty drunk he's drunk now and he's driving us down this mountain it's pitch black with this lady we don't know we're like this is where we die and you never this forget who the lady was like no, well, like, she was just one of their friends or relatives or something. Oh, okay. Like, just gotcha. someone we didn't know. So we're driving down the mountain, and then we stopped at that restaurant again. Now the restaurant's closed, but they still talk to, like, the owners and stuff. And it was just, like, a bunch of old guys. So then they take us out of the parking lot and start teaching us how to merengue. <laughs> <laughs> He's probably like, well, I didn't really get to dance at the disco, so I'm going to get some dancing. Maybe, yeah. Maybe that's his thought process. So the guy who's trying to teach me how to dance, he's like, I don't know how I understood this. I don't know if he spoke a little bit of English. I don't really remember. But he was telling me to move my hips. He's like, move your hips more. Come on. I was like, I'm trying, bro. I don't know how to do this. He's like, like her, like her. And I was like, I'm trying. It was, it was so funny. We're like, what are we doing? We're like in the middle of nowhere on top of a mountain, dancing the merengue with these 60-year-old men. Like they're totally drunk with these strangers. <laughs> what is happening? So then we keep driving down the mountain after that, and he's going, like, so fast, like, 100 miles per hour, (gasps) flying down this mountain. We're like, this is our death. This is it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. We accepted it. We knew. (laughs) We're just having a good time driving off the mountain to our death. We made it home. We survived. I'm here. (laughs) Like, obviously. We survived, but it was a hoot of a time. That was just that little trip. When we were white water rafting on that trip, (laughs) they, like... Gave us the demonstration, and they're like, if you fall out, like, cross your arms, and then we'll pull you in, you know. So we get in the raft, and I was sitting on, we're all sitting on the edge, and I was sitting in the front, 
and we like kind of floated to the other side. We hadn't like started yet. We were just all getting settled and we floated to the other side of the river and we hit a sand bank and I fell out. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> well, so I just crossed my heart. I could have stood. It was like five inches tall. I could have stood so easily, but I was like, all right, this is what pull you me in. <laughs> So we got a good kick out of that. And then we didn't get any pictures from whitewater rafting. So mm-hmm. my friend, like, photoshopped our face on, like, Google images of people <laughs> rafting. It was so oh, fun. But that was awesome. such a good vacation. Such a good time. <laughs> I felt it, feel like it would be so nice. Like, you're feeling so fulfilled helping these kids. And then you get to just take these crazy vacations of wacky things and then come back back to the kids. And, totally. Ah. <laughs> yeah. It was so fun. Oh, uh, well, you have so many more stories to share with us. So we're going to have her come back again next week and share more things. So we're so grateful for that. Um, thank you so much, Cambry, for sharing your stories with us today. Uh, to hear more fun, inspiring stories from women like Cambry, click the subscribe button and get them directly to your device every week and help us empower more women to adventure by adding um, five-star reviews or sharing it with your families and friends, all the things. And feel free to check us out on mountainmama.org if you're in the Utah area. So that's M-T-M-A-M-A-S dot O-R-G. We would love to have you come play with us. And thank you so much, Camry, for sharing your adventures. Of course. (laughs) (laughs) That's it for today's adventure. Join us next time. And as always, remember, a woman's place is in the mountains.